The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407-790-9957 or visit WeSellOrlando.net. Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Along with Brian Murphy, my name is Jeff Sharon. Thank you so much for joining us as we are in April now, Murph. And like the the whole spring is like coming to an end, man. Like uh, um, it's getting hot out again. It's it's just it's weird. It's WrestleMania time. I, I mean, this year is like flying by. I mean, it, I guess it depends on what what side or what uh, area of the country you live in. Because if you're well, yeah, up in your true. old stomping grounds by Syracuse. <laughs> Uh, spring has not sprung. Yeah, spring doesn't spring doesn't spring until like June up in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. If you have the right thing, I mean they're they're buried under snow. The Yankees had their uh, home opener snowed out. I mean it's it's weird, but you know. I'm I'm cur- I'm currently watching a Pittsburgh Pirates game right now, and it's currently got flurries around. The, you know, flurries. so I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I knew there was a reason we all moved down to Florida, so. We got a, we actually got a lot on tap for you. We have uh, baseball coming off of um, two out of three uh, at Memphis, and then knocking off number sixteen Stetson. We'll recap that. Um, uh, Eric Lopez is going to join us a little bit later to uh, recap softball. Um, they are uh, coming off of a loss at, uh, or excuse me, um, no, they were. Uh, what am I saying? They came off of uh, taking two out of three uh, at Houston. Yes. Um, huge, huge weekend for them. That's a road series too. That was uh, that was a pretty big deal, and uh, and a one to nothing victory over Florida tonight. So um, we have yeah. a lot to talk about on that end. Um, we'll uh, we'll we'll dive into a little. Okay, this will be interesting. I, I didn't know this, but apparently Greg Lovelady is a huge wrestling fan, and uh, <laughs> and, and we'll we'll break down. We'll do a little WrestleMania breakdown a little bit. Um, and we have some other news to talk about with uh, basketball. Taco Fall is officially announcing that he's coming back for next season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we'll also catch you up on uh, track and field, tennis, and golf. So uh, once again, uh, don't forget to follow us at blackandgoldbanneret.com for all the latest UCF um, news notes and whatever, ha- whatever has you that, that strikes, uh, strikes our mind that we think you'll find interesting. Lots of good stuff up there. Murph, I know you got a couple good pieces up this week that are – Really, really must reads if you're a UCF fan, um, and even if you're not a UCF fan, because you know, I mean, you, you should be informed. Um, we uh, make sure that you follow us on Facebook, like us, send us a send us a hello at uh, Facebook.com/slash Black and Gold Banneret. Hit us up on Twitter, UCF underscore Banneret, and you can also follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. Follow uh, Eric at Eric Lopez Elo. Follow Brian at Spokes underscore Murphy. Um, and also, don't forget to follow Derek Warden underscore DS Warden for all of his uh, uh, for all of his work that he puts out with uh, with our photography. So, and of course, mm-hmm. subscribe to this podcast at uh, Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Tune In. All right, let's jump in, Brian Murphy. So, back to conference play after um, after the uh, for UCF baseball after losing two out of three at home to number eighteen East Carolina. You go on the road to face a Memphis team that coming in was last in the American. Mm-hmm. So you should take care of business. And yes, the Knights did, winning two out of three. 
uh, split a doubleheader on Friday uh, and then won the rubber game 9-3 to um, on Saturday. Uh, and this was at Memphis. I mean, it's never easy to play there. Um, uh, and then uh, they came back Tuesday and knocked off number 16 Stetson at home 4-1. Uh, to one. I guess we'll start by breaking down the Memphis series first. Two out of th- you know I know the old saying goes two out of three ain't bad right it's that middle mm-hmm. one that nine nothing loss that you look at and you're like oh man what happened there and and, and you know, and nothing against uh, against Memphis um, you know they, they they're trying to rebuild their program as it is but um, is it is there any disappointment that the Knights weren't able to sweep on the road I know that sounds ridiculous but is it true. Uh, there is some disappointment because, like you said, Memphis uh, came in as really a, a, a bad team. Like, like, let's just call it what it is. They were last in the conference in a ton of offensive categories. They were near the bottom in a lot of offensive category, uh, a lot of pitching categories. So, yeah, you, you ex- I mean, I think people certainly expected at least two out of three. I think two out of three was the bare minimum. They wanted a sweep. Uh, they didn't get a sweep. What really happened in that middle game? You know, UCF was kind of doing what they did against ECU and doing against FSU where they, they had guys on base. They just couldn't drive them in. I think in that, in that, in that midweek game, in that, in that middle game um, or that second game against Memphis, I believe they had uh, back-to-back innings in which they left the bases loaded. And then Memphis struck for like seven in yeah, the seven sixth in inning. The sixth inning and it was just, it was just, it was just like, you know, here we go again. This team has a has a bit of an issue with runners in scoring position offense and uh, timely hitting and quote unquote clutch hitting. Um, you know the Love Lady has said you know for a lot of these guys it's their first time through conference play and has sort of written it off as like you know the growth of youth. Um, but it, it has been a constant issue with this team. So they split the first two games. The second game certainly was not pretty. And, you know, not only in that game, you had guys uh, like Cree Finfrock, who has been phenomenal for the start of the season, and then he gives up seven runs in two-thirds of an inning. Just kind of all falls apart. So, And then in the third game of the series, uh, I had people – it was 3-3 in the ninth inning. And I had people in my Twitter feed blowing me up, saying that if they lose – if UCF baseball loses this game – this season is over and uh, people were agreeing with that statement. And there was a lot of people who actually it's said the this season's like, over at 20 and 10, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And that it's, and that we're still two months away from conference tournament and in postseason, whatever. But this is like, I, Jeffrey, as a, <laughs> you, as a diehard baseball says fan, right there, <laughs> Jeffrey, I couldn't roll my eyes hard enough into the back of my skull. Because that's not how baseball works. Baseball does not work in like short time frame narratives. It's a long marathon season. And so luckily, fortunately, to salvage their season, UCF scored six <laughs> runs in the top of the ninth inning against Memphis and won the series and thus will continue to play baseball yeah. like they did on Tuesday against Stetson. To salvage the season. Well, I think the other part, too, is like, you know, go back to the first game. That game was tied at one heading into the top of the eighth. And then I scored one in the eighth and then five in the ninth to, to take the 7-1 win. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, six runs in the ninth, hey. I mean, you, you, you whack around the um, Memphis bullpen, that's fine. But the victory over number 16, Stetson, 4-1 to one at home, um, uh, Finfrock got the win. Um, Tucker got the save. And, you know, this, 
say what you want about Stetson and, and, you know, how much we've seen them, you know, over the years and, you know, restarting the series after, um, after the Pete Dunn slash uh, Terry Rooney fiasco. But mm-hmm. th- that's a good baseball team. And mm-hmm. for UCF to come back and take care of business at home against, against a team that's, you know, that is at least familiar with them, that um, has their own aspirations and, ca- and comes in hungry. I mean, Stetson circles this game on their calendar, too. Um, and their players are on scholarship also, as they like to say. Yeah. And, to, and to dispatch them 4-1 to one with the pitching that we saw in the later innings, um, I think you have to be very encouraged if you're, if you're Greg Lovelady at this point. Yeah, and you know this is a Stetson team, and also the same pitcher, Joey Gonzalez. So Joey Gonzalez for Stetson, the same guy who shut this offense down back early part of the season, uh, back in February. He was up in land. Stetson wins one nothing, uh, and Joey Gonzalez for Stetson pitches seven innings of shutout ball with four with four hits and seven Ks. It was great. So he comes back to Orlando to pitch against UCF and does well again, but. The big blow is a three-run home run by Griffin Bernardo, which was really a no-doubter shot to left. Um, nice to see him get a big hit. Um, you know, he we're, they're still waiting for him to sort of grow into his power potential. But I think also importantly to that game is you had guys like Cree Finfrock, who I said, you know, did not pitch well uh, at Memphis. Uh, Jordan Spicer, who's been... And who's been, I would say, consistently below average for a while. Um, those guys pitched well. And consistently Spicer, Spicer, inconsistent, I think, is probably the word that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, and Thad Ward uh, struck out, I think he struck out six six batters in two innings. Uh, he did give up a couple base runners, but still, the pitching was really spot on. Um, Bryce Tucker came in and got a save with two outs. Uh it, so it really was an overall very nice game, a good win. Stetson 16th in one poll. There are a lot of college baseball polls. It doesn't mean they're six, they're the 16th best team in the nation. But what they are really is a, a very good team that has a tremendous pitching staff. Like their pitching staff, like front to back, is like really good. Right. So um, no, it's definitely a good win. And so now that now that, you know you can say after those bumps in the road against ECU and against uh, FSU. Uh, UCF has won three out of four, and they'll see what they can do this weekend up in UConn. Right. So it's a perfect segue into you know traveling up north where it's going to be cold, up to storms yes. uh, for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, UCF right now three and three, tied for fourth in the conference. Um, ECU, USF, and Houston are all four and two. The Knights are the best team out of the three that are in five hundred. They're that, that are at five hundred in the league. They're in a three way tie with. Cincinnati and Tulane, but uh, Cincinnati is twelve and fourteen. Tulane twelve and eighteen overall. Interestingly enough, Wichita State nineteen and six overall, but off to a one and two start um, in the league. I, well, to paraphrase Tony Kornheiser again, right now, like where are we now? Is, is this you know Memphis or excuse me, UConn comes in at uh, fifteen and nine? Like we said, off to off to you know a sub five hundred start in the league. Um, this is a home series for them, and they're looking to get back on track. So what is the outlook heading into heading into this series with UConn this weekend? Well, I think one thing that, I mean, the overarching, the, 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 the headline of this series is, is actually going to be, what happens with the weather here? Um, and I know that's not really entertaining to a lot of baseball people, but that's going to dictate a lot of this series because it sounds like, at least for Friday night, at least for Friday night, maybe also Saturday, 
there's going to be snow. Uh, we could have UCF playing in the snow yeah. or a possible du- a possible doubleheader on Saturday. Um, that really is a big deal. Well, the, the forecast right now, Friday calls for snow and rain. Um, mm-hmm. And what time is that game starting? That's a 3 p.m. start. Well, it, there's about an 18% chance of precipitation at that point. Saturday is going to be flat out cold, high of 37, low of 27, snow flurries throughout the day until the evening. Um, and that game is scheduled for 1 o'clock. There's, 50, there's a 50% chance of snow. At game time. And then Sunday, yeah. um, sunny, no rain, no rain or snow in the forecast, high 41, low 25. So there's a possibility that they might only get two games in here. I mean, I don't want to sound alarmist, but, um, but that could really throw a wrench into the conference schedule when it comes down to the end of the year, no? Absolutely. I mean, this is probably going to be a pretty bunched-up conference at the top. Um, this is probably going to be like last year where – 15 wins, certainly 16, might win you this conference. And I think there's a lot of teams that could that could get to that sort of somewhere between 14 and 16 wins this season. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, any game missed uh, could definitely be critical. Yeah. Um, so, but, but we will see what happens. You know, weather is fickle. Uh, it, it changes on a whim. I would say also, I would say, oh, but the uh, Connecticut had games uh, supposed to be yesterday against Fairfield and then today against Quinnipiac. Both those games were canceled due to weather. Uh, so let's see what happens. Yeah. As is always the case with that weather. And then you come home, you got, um, well, you're not really coming home. I mean, after you go home, you get to take a bus trip down to Coral Gables for Wednesday at Miami, 6 p.m. We'll be keeping an eye on that one because normally we record on Wednesday nights. So uh, hopefully that one will be over by the time that we, um, that we record our podcast for uh, next week. So. Uh, you can listen to the games uh, uh, on UCFnights.com, uh, uh, at least two of the three UConn games. They have listen links up for Saturday and Sunday, so uh, keep an eye out for that. All right, sticking sort of with baseball. All right, now I'm going to call Lopez in, and we're going to have a talk here about this next thing because I hear something that I did not know about, um, about UCF baseball. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. Eric Lopez is going to join us. We're going to talk a little more baseball, a little softball, wrap things up. Hang, t- hang tight. We'll be right back. The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty. Sam Unger and his team proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. Sam is a proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, and he's such a dedicated night fan that right now, If you work with him as your realtor, he will donate a portion of his commission to the UCF Football Excellence Fund in your name. So if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, upgrade or downsize, Sam and his team have you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give him a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. Or visit on the web at WeSellOrlando.net. Again, that's WeSellOrlando.net. You can also reach them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WeSellOrlando. Get in touch with the Unger Real Estate Group today and make finding your dream home a reality. 
Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trace Trolko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on. Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Brian Murphy, and uh, Eric Lopez is joining us now, and he just couldn't wait to call in because... Um, what a banner night for UCF softball tonight as they knock off number four Florida one to nothing at the UCF softball complex. Of course, the Knights are coming off with winning two out of three at Houston, uh, which is hard enough to do in conference. But knocking off Florida, a team that came in 32 and four um, and doing them behind a one hitter behind a Leah White um, was uh, is uh, I mean, that's that's. That's quite the quite, that's quite the evening for Eric Lopez to brag about as as he should. Um, how about Cassidy Brewer three for three tonight, including the lone RBI single, which was all UCF needed. Complete game one hitter, like we said, for uh, Aaliyah White and Lopez joins us now. Um, you were there; it was a packed house, wasn't it, Eric? It was amazing. Uh, it's fitting on WrestleMania week. I would describe the game as. Woo! In honor of the Flair family, Rick Flair, and of course Charlotte Flair, the women's current title uh, holder. Uh, it was amazing, boys. Uh, you know, I've called softball games now at UCF since 2007, and games like this one is the reason why I do it. It, it was amazing. If, if you were a casual fan, which were a lot of fans, casual fans that were in attendance tonight, it was a, a high-level game. This was, I mean, Florida is a team that was literally a game or two away from winning the national title. If a ball swings a certain way, they might be national champions right now. Uh, they're still a national title contender. you got to play at a high level. And I wondered, with a team that only has two seniors, only has three players that played against Florida in the 2016 regional, still on the roster, a ton of freshmen and sophomores, how would they react to the atmosphere, to a sold-out crowd, a record-breaking crowd of 1,236? Would it get to them? And no, it didn't. And it starts in the circle with Aaliyah White, who through her signature game nationally announced herself as one of the best pitchers in the country. She was unbelievable. To put it in perspective, Mackenzie Otis six years ago threw a two-hitter against Florida. Aaliyah White today, one hitter. No UCF pitcher has given up fewer hits against a Florida team that's ranked fourth in the country, hitting among the top offensive teams in the country. Held them to one hit. One hit, uh, kept them off balance, only had the one strikeout, but she was, was hitting her zones. Florida had no answers for their off-speed pitch. And then Cassidy Brewer, three hits, the most hits that any UCF players had against Florida, tying Stephanie Best, who you got to cover, Jeff, in the 05 regional. She had three hits in their first ever NCAA tournament win against Florida. Cassidy matched that. Six years ago, when UCF the last time beat Florida, her older sister, Danielle, started at first base, and she had a one-hit. Cassidy was in attendance in that game, and here she is six years ago, really throwing a signature legendary game for Cassidy, one of the best performances 
that uh, her career, three hits, and she caught a one-hitter. Unbelievable performance by this group. Very poised. And a huge win. A huge win for confidence. A huge win for the resume. Um, just a remarkable night. A well-played game. And it, it really, it, just, it was just an amazing night. They, I mean, what can you say about Cassidy Brewer? Like you said, you know, the three for three night on a stage like this. Um, and I guess let's talk about that stage for a second. What does this mean for UCF in the national picture? And what does this mean for, like you said, these young players? You know, we, we talk all the time about how player, you know, young players need that something to show them sometimes the confidence that they need, um, you know, to show them what they're capable of. So what does a win like this do for UCF softball for the, for the remainder of the season? It gives them the utmost confidence that they could beat, win, beat anybody, uh, number one, that they're capable of doing it. And it, it's a win on the resume, first of all. You look at the NCAA, it's early. The UCF's RPI this week was 58. The conference is ranked fourth in the country as far as the best conference according to the RPI. So this is a strong league. But this this is a win that's a signature win that helps you in the resume get into the NCAA tournament if you don't win the automatic bid. I think back, and again, I repeat this again, six years ago when UCF beat Florida, that in a lot of ways got them into the NCAA tournament because of that win. So from a resume standpoint, that's huge. I think from a confidence standpoint, huge. But this is a, a coming out party for Aaliyah White. We, you and I have talked, Jeff, for two years or since her arrival. And, and I would argue, gentlemen, and I don't know how you feel about this. I'll open it up to you, Murph, as well. The, I think the two most scrutinized positions on campus probably is the UCF quarterback. I'm talking about players, not talking coaches. Mm-hmm. I think it's the UCF quarterback and the UCF softball pitcher. Um, in a lot of ways, the UCF softball pitcher, because of a legacy that's been at UCF, going back to Dottie Cup which you covered, Jeff, and Lindsey Enders, Allison Kime, who had a Hall of Fame-type career, even recently with the All-Americans, Mackenzie Otis and Shelby Turnier. There's a lot of scrutiny. There's a lot of uh, people focus on the pitcher in softball. And a lot of pressure. Aaliyah's been under the microscope. A lot of pressure with that. Uh, and she knows that. She, she, was, she was being recruited. She watched Shelby. She watched Mackenzie. And she envisioned, she told me, she envisioned being them and pitching a game like tonight against Florida. And it was interesting, Jeff, because obviously I traveled with them to Houston this past weekend when they won two out of three, which, by the way, that's a big series when Houston beat Texas on Tuesday night. Uh, so tell you how good they are. So, And she immediately after the series was done, and we're on the way to the, pl- uh, to the airport in Houston, she was already focusing and watching Florida tape. She wanted this game. She's wanted this game. Uh, for a while, she didn't like how things went last year in Gainesville, and it was interesting. She even shared, and, and I, I think you're going to play this uh, in this episode. She mentioned in the post game that you know when they were uh, warming up and doing uh, you know their I think training and stuff earlier in the day, she guaranteed this win. Uh, she felt confident. She wanted the Gators, and she got them, and she backed it up with an incredible performance. I think today. This is the coming out party. I don't. There was questions as Aaliyah number one, and and partly because she's a different pitcher than a McKenzie or Shelby or Allison who used to pound nine, ten, eleven, twelve strikeouts a game. That's not Aaliyah's game, but what is her game is she is thinks the game, keeps the ball down, and she was masterful. Uh, and I think today she announced herself as one of the best pitchers in the country, and she's backed it up this year. She's right now second in the country in wins. She's in the top ten in the country in, in shutouts. This was her seventh shutout. I think now people will take notice that Aaliyah White's the real deal. 
All right, we have some sound that you got earlier. Here, we're going to lead off with Aaliyah White, followed by Cassidy Brewer, and then we're going to wrap up with uh, Coach Gillespie. Well, I knew, considering last year was a rough go-round, um, I knew that I had to come back ready, and I was just like, I had the feeling this morning, I woke up, I said, we're winning this game, and I walked into the um, training room today, and I let everyone know we're winning, and to get their minds right. We knew they were going to be a really tough competition. We knew we were going to have to throw strikes and go right at them. We couldn't be afraid of the name on the chest because that's what a lot of people do. So we knew that we had the means to beat them, and we knew we had the heart to beat them, and we knew that we wanted to beat them. So um, I think we came out this year more um, determined because last year was kind of ugly. So we came out more determined and to really let them know that we're in it. Yeah, and, and we, we did a lot of video. We, we watched a lot of a lot of games, and we looked a little bit at what we did last year, and Aaliyah didn't throw bad against them last year. We just had a lot of mistakes behind her. So with our defense being able to kind of settle in and play tough behind her, that was huge. Um, but being able to know how we were going to throw them, know what we were going to do against each of the, each of the batters. We, we watched, um, you know, Florida um, International had a good win against them. Jackson had a close game, 2-1 ball game against them. So um, we just wanted to see how they were going after them um, and, and kind of see how we needed to, to pitch them. And we knew Leah was very similar to what FIU has as a pitcher. We knew that she was going to be able to throw a similar, similar game. So, and she did just she did that. I mean, she came out and she just had one heck of a game. With, like I said, one hit and, and a shutout. That's, that's incredible. All right. So once again, that was Leah White, uh, Cassidy Brewer, and head coach Renee Lourdes Gillespie of UCF softball coming off their victory over Florida. All right, Lopez. Here's. So I guess the, the question is always is where are we now? So UCF is five and one in the conference. Uh, tied with USF at the top. Uh, they now head out to up to stores, just like the baseball team. But, we, but Murph and I were looking at the forecast, and it's not looking very favorable uh, coming up. There's, there's going to be – they're expecting some rain, some sleet, some snow, possibly on Saturday. We know how the weather up north can play tricks with the schedule. Um, how, is, how is UCF softball how – how is Coach Gillespie going to – um, going to approach this, and uh, and what are the what is the best hope for UCF coming in? Because this UConn team, you know, these are games that you kind of look on the calendar like, okay, we should take care of business. They're zero and six in the conference, and thirteen and twenty three overall, worst overall record in the Americans. So, um, so so what's what's the story for UCF softball heading into this three game set? Well, Murph, you remember how Jeff used to be panicking over every UCF football game, was concerned about a trap and <laughs> worried about letdowns. Well, I'm wearing this. I'm wearing the hat, the Jeff Sharon hat for this one. I am petrified. He's wearing the black hat. Series because, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, no, because but, but Elo, Elo, see, the difference is you actually have a right to be panicked. <laughs> Listen, man. Right? I, listen, I was, I was, yeah, I was no, around I, for I, the I, Mac days. I, I, I have Jeff's, reason to be Jeff's panic. <laughs> Jeff's panic is completely irrational. <laughs> wow, there you go, Jeffrey. I called wow. out on that. Look, I'm very worried about it. this. Is a trap. This is an ultimate trap series because now you're just coming off this emotional win against Florida, and now you're going into stores, Connecticut. You described the weather. Uh, it's in the 40s doesn't look like they're going to play on Friday. I mean, you're, I'm going to defer to you. You are the expert. Uh, you both are the expert meteorologist on this. What have you, <laughs> at the time of this recording, what have you both found out? Because the last I heard is that it's in the 40s. They may not, may or may not be able to play it's, Friday. They, they're, they're, they might play a doubleheader Saturday. The thing that worries me, this is a trap game now. <clears throat> it's a letdown emotionally. And now we're going to find out if this team is mature enough to get back and t- 
take care of UConn. You cannot have a letdown and lose this series. And then the big question is how many games do they get in? Because two years ago when I went on this trip, I got to see snow for the first time. Unfortunately, that meant that we were snowed out and also got ringed out. We only got one game in, and as it turns out, that cost UCF a chance for a three-peat in the regular season title. They beat USF two out of three in the regular season, but USF won the conference on percentage points because, in part, UCF did not get those two games in. So there's a lot of concern from a weather standpoint. Plus, you got a young group. I don't know how many of these peak girls have ever seen snow or played in 30- to 40-degree weather, but that's going to be a challenge against the UConn team that I know doesn't look good on the record-wise, but they went to College Station and beat Texas A&M. So they're more than capable of winning games. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely very petrified of this weekend and seeing how, with a quick turnaround, how they bounce back. But I'll defer to you both in the meteorology oh. department. What, what, what are the chances we're going to get games in? I think that's the, the question I have. Well, the black and gold banneret uh, weather eye team has uh, reported in, and um, Friday does not look good. Uh, high 50, low 34, snow and rain in the forecast. Game time is scheduled for – I'm pulling up the schedule right now um, – <clears throat> Game time is scheduled for 4 p.m. on Friday. At about that time, they're expecting about a 20% chance of uh, snow at that point and increasing as the evening goes on. Saturday looks even worse. High 37, low 27. uh, Snow throughout the uh, morning and into the afternoon. Game time is scheduled for uh, 2 p.m. They're expecting snow at about that time, about a 40% chance by about that time. Sunday, it should shape up. No precipitation in the forecast of note. High 41, low 25, cold um, and windy. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not looking, it's not looking particularly good. So bring your parkas and your ski jackets if you're heading up to uh, Connecticut to follow UCF softball and UCF baseball because they're both heading up there this weekend. Something to keep in mind, by the way, having been up there two years ago, I've seen both stadiums. Baseball can take more punishment than softball. So don't be surprised if maybe baseball gets more games in than softball because their field is more uh, can handle some of this weather, where softball cannot. Is there places that, I mean, to put it kindly, is you know. Yeah, but if there's if there's snow, um, they're not so, going to play. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter who. I agree. Who, I agree. And 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 look, I, I I've addressed it, and this is the thing I don't get with the league. And I know coaches have talked about this, and it, you. This is not surprising. You can speak to this, Jeff. You were in the you lived in the Northeast. This is not shocking weather in Connecticut in April, right? It's not like this is like came out of nowhere. Uh, I don't understand why they don't backload the schedule where UConn gets more of the home games the second half of conference play instead of what they do here and front load it. UConn. This is the second of three straight weekends that UConn's hosting a series. Um, I expect times to be adjusted. I wouldn't be surprised if they played earlier in the day, maybe in the morning. I think the schedule is going to be hectic, and it's going to be a challenge, I think, for both baseball and softball to kind of stay focused and play in these conditions. Baseball, I'm sure you guys talked about, Connecticut's good in baseball, so that could be a challenge. And then softball, again, the letdown from Florida concerns me a lot. You know, This is a big weekend. you got Houston playing South Florida. you got Tulsa and Wichita State playing each other. So if UCF has an opportunity here to maybe really make up ground on everybody here playing UConn, but easier said than done, and that's – yeah, we'll see what happens, what Mother Nature has in store. Well, I, I, you know, I'm not surprised by <clears throat> snow in April in, in the Northeast. Um, I'm surprised by, about snow that sticks. Um, 
that's a little more unusual, not quite as unusual up in uh, New England, but you know, as uh, but you know, hey, well, at least maybe uh, maybe they'll everyone will be inside to be to at least be able to catch WrestleMania. Which brings me to the other point that I made before the break, which was all right. So you guys um, hung out with Greg Lovelady a little bit, you know, for a little pregame, ser- you know, a little uh, just discussion before the before the Stetson game, and. I did not know that Greg Lovelady is a big wrestling fan, but apparently he is. And uh, so, okay, what are we... All right, so this is going to be our little foray into pro wrestling. Um, Now, I don't know who else is a big pro wrestling fan out there at UCF that we know of, Um, but Lovelady's a pretty big fan. So he had some thoughts on WrestleMania? He was there, as were as was I, and as was Eric. Uh, he was there last year when WrestleMania was here uh, at Orlando at Camping World, yeah. and uh, he he is he is. And I mean, Eric and I like it was a blast. It was one of the funniest interviews I've done, uh, really ever. I mean, it was supposed to be like fifteen minutes with Coach Lovelady about wrestling. It turned into like forty-five minutes of just That's amazing, just just talking, just talking about like. You know, story angles and guys you like and guys you don't like and stories and um, but it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. He he uh, he is a real fan. He's uh, Greg Lovelady said he started watching uh, what was then WWF at the age of six. Uh, oh, and he goes uh, way back. Re- really, that's, I mean, that's, he, that's you know, like that's the peak of Hulkamania, right? Yeah, I mean, he certainly was was big with with was big with Hulk. His favorite growing up was the Rock and Roll Express. And he would dress up, and uh, there have to be photos it, of this. I, I Someone, do not if the Lovelady know. family is listening, we demand photos of this immediately. I, I will <laughs> drop this. I will drop. I will, I will drop this nugget in there. Uh, so I'll have a story on this up on the site this weekend before WrestleMania on Sunday. Uh, maybe I'll have the story up there on Sunday. But anyway, every Sunday home game that Lovelady manages here at UCF. Uh, if, since he's been here since the start of last season, every Sunday home game, he comes to the park wearing a wrestling T-shirt, whether it be like a Shawn Michaels or Mick Foley Mankind. He wears wrestling gear as he arrives and then gets into his you know baseball gear after that, after he gets into the, the premises. But just so you know, every Sunday home game you're out, Greg Lovelady is arriving in a WWF WWE T-shirt. Oh, this is too good. This is just too. Oh good. yeah, like I mean, Murph. I mean, don't you feel now the rest of the year in the Sunday games you're going to get there early just to see what he's which one he's wearing, right? I mean, no, I'm sure like, you will, Eric. Uh, <laughs> if yeah. I can, if I don't have softball, if I don't have conflicts, yeah, I would like to. Let me just say this: um, you both have had the privilege to talk to him. Uh, I believe in his office, right, Jeff? You've done two interviews yeah. with him in his office mm-hmm. the previewing the season. Murph, you've interviewed him many a time. I've talked to Greg in the past and passing, obviously, with my softball commitment. A lot of times we conflict, so I don't go to baseball as much as I would like. Uh, but I've talked to him off the, you know, off the field and stuff like that. I've always liked him. But this was the first time I had a chance to sit down and talk to him. And uh, let me just say this. Uh, what a – Murph, and I, I'll ask you this. Didn't you just – I felt like talking to him. That's what – to me, if I had to make the perfect baseball coach, a perfect college baseball coach, I feel like Greg Lovelady's personality is the perfect fit. I mean, he's very laid back. 
easygoing, has a passion for the game, but he's mm-hmm. he's he, he'll, he, he he's funny. Uh, to me, if I was a player, I would go. I mean, that's easy to play with. Um, just very relaxed, very confident, smart. I just think he's just a perfect baseball guy. And I say this a million times, but I, I think Danny White hit a home run here. This guy is amazing, um, really, and, and honestly, ahead of schedule. I mean, I don't think people, when he got here, I never thought he would win a conference title in his first year. Uh, but what a, what, a, what a joy to be, just an easygoing guy. And I think the players feed off of that. I think they're, that's why he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Um, he's the perfect personality for that. But he's a very, very easy guy. He's a people's guy. He's very approachable. And I had a blast. I mean, it was one of the most, in my, let me see, I mean, I've interviewed a million coaches at UCF, a million coaches in pro sports and college sports. Uh, Murph, and obviously you're a part of this. It's one of my favorite sit-down interviews that I've been a part of in my entire life. I mean, he was just, you, you, you said it went like 30, 40 minutes, but it didn't feel that way, did it, Murph? Uh, I no, felt it didn't. Like it just went by. It just and went it was, by quick. This was a manager who was preparing for a game later that day <laughs> against, <laughs> against, the, against the 16th ranked team in the country. The Stetson right. Hatton, by the way, pretty good. So, thing. I mean, I don't know how much time of his day he wanted to spend talking about wrestling, but really it seemed like he could have sat there forever. And he said at the very end, like I could talk about this forever. And um, it really, it just, it just flowed for 40 minutes. I did not think this would go past 10, 15. And we just talked for 40 minutes about so many things. we, we got into like, you know, maybe Greg Lovelady, what would his wrestling persona be? Or, you know, what would his uniform look like? You know, it just, uh, it's it great. It really was a fun, a fun, lively, easy interview. Um, and so, yeah, I'll have a story up on that uh, this weekend. Yeah. I, I'm we, we get to the bottom, by the way, of why the Stone Cold theme music is the, the music they play. Why, when he comes out. Uh, to talk to the pitchers. It's not one that he was his choice either, uh, yeah. which you'll share, I'm sure, in the story. <laughs> yeah, we get to the bottom of why it's, his th- why it's his walkout music when he comes out to the to the field to make pitching changes and why he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Great. Why he hates it. And by the way, I will give you this little tease. He was, uh, that was his walk-up song when he hit, at, when he played at Miami. So we talked about that as well. Uh, it was just a delight. And he talked about, you know, going back and who was his favorite wrestler. I know Murph is disappointed that uh, one of the, the things we find out is that uh, Greg Lovelady is actually a Roman Reigns fan. And he will be rooting that, for Roman that's... Reigns to beat Brock Lesnar. Uh, whatever. Uh, that, that, bummed, that bummed Murph out. That bummed, <laughs> that bummed him out. But, um, the cool story, by the way, which Murph will write about on Black and Go Banneret, I, I strongly recommend when it comes out, is he had never been to WrestleMania. And last year, UCF was playing a home series, and they had won that game on Sunday. But he was like, hey, this is an opportunity. WrestleMania was at the stadium. And uh, Brian Fritz, who you know, Jeff, obviously yeah. he's a longtime producer for the UCF broadcast and football and basketball, uh, covers wrestling. He'll be at Dorlings. He covers it for Between the Ropes and stuff. Uh, he helped them get tickets to WrestleMania last year. And that was his first experience and he was blown away by it. Uh, so it was an awesome talk. It was an awesome talk, uh, to talk about wrestling and kind of, and all the people that he knows and is intrigued by it. Uh, Murph, I think you agree. He's just like us. We're both, we're all perplexed on what the heck's going on with the undertaker at this WrestleMania. I know he was bummed out <laughs> that he didn't show up this past week. So, um, but it's a great, it was fun. He was a fun guy. And obviously the, they're doing a nineties theme, 
wrestling team on the Friday night game against Cincinnati, right, Murph? The 13th is yes, uh, the 19th. We a, also talked about that. 90s wrestling night on the 13th against Cincinnati. Oh, there, there might be a special guest. Uh, maybe they're trying, but there's there's things happening. I mean, oh, it's right. it's great. It's great. It, it's it's a lot of fun. And the, get the guy, that's what I want to know. When he was like, <laughs> he's telling stories about like when he would see a guy like in the airport, like when he was in college with Miami, or when. He'd see a guy, you know, when they were at, when they were when like when WWE would come into town when he was at Wright State, and I mean, this is a he would geek out. This is a fanboy. I mean, I, and this is not that's not a derogatory term. Like him talking about him seeing these wrestlers and his reactions to seeing them is like what a a, a boy. I- would would feel as if he saw Mickey Mantle back in the fifties. Like got, that's sort of the same. I gotta know because I I know for a fact that Greg Lovelady isn't the only UCF uh, figure that we know of who's probably a huge wrestling fan. So I all right. So I'll make you guys this promise. It's too late this year, but next year, okay, for our pre WrestleMania show, we've got to have Lovelady on and. And like we'll do a special show, lovely, and whoever else that we can find out who is also who is also wrestling. And it, it, coaches, SIDs, if you guys are listening to listen to us, let us know. Like we'll we'll blow it out. It'll be it'll be fun. Now I'm not a big pro wrestling fan, but I know Murph, you're a fan. Eric, <laughs> Eric, you're insane. Um, yeah. And so are you kidding me, man? I'm fired up. Listen, we hey, listen. I'm happen. not against him. Like I'm not against like maybe having him on in the fall, you know, during like SummerSlam, maybe Survivor Series during fall ball. I mean, we could do, oh, you know, if, if there's some WWE uh, shows coming in Orlando. I mean, I, I could I could see some potential here. <laughs> By the way, I've decided. Um, I don't think Murph will do this, but so the '90s night is the 13th Friday uh, against Cincinnati. Softball is playing Memphis at 5:30 that night. Uh, baseball is at 6:30. So I'm going to actually. I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to call the Memphis softball game, and I'm going to head over to baseball, and I'm going to. I think I'm going to wear my Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt that night oh at my baseball. God. Just do don't think, wear Murph? your credential with it, please. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what do you think, Murph? Thumbs up, thumbs down, Murph. No, I'm all about it. Like, if you want to go there, and like again, if you want to go there in like the bedazzled robe, like a Ric Flair, uh, I would do that too. I don't know of a wrestler who wore a Stetson fedora. But that's what I'll be wearing uh, per usual. It'll be just like a regular night for me, really. But I, I, I'm looking forward to the 13th. It should be fun. I got right, to so wear it. You approve of me going with it? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, like, I when gotta, is If I'm going to that game, if I'm going to that game, I got to wear a T-shirt that my buddy Dr. Ron Thomas gave me. He's, he's the Nighthawk from uh, Florida, from FCW. And mm-hmm. uh, I, worked, I worked with him at my job. And, uh, and he sent me a... Uh, He's, he's, he sent me some T-shirts. He sent me a coffee mug. He's got all kinds of stuff. I got to actually have that stuff up there. Um, gosh, this is too good. All right. Um, so, okay. So now we know that if you run into Greg Lovelady at Publix, you need to talk with him about WrestleMania. So, all right. Um, so, all right. Let's, uh, all right. Let's, let's restore order here for a second. Um, couple of- well, you didn't want to break down the card? I mean, I, I mean, you didn't want to break. I mean, Ronda Rousey is going to be in the main event. Huh? By the way, serious note, what a week for baseball softball, by the way. I mean, I'm sure you yeah. guys talked about it. Big win against Stetson. Softball beating Florida, both helping resumes for postseason. I mean, it's uh, it's exciting time. And I hope 
the fans do come out, support both teams here, move down the stretch here, because we're both in great leagues. The baseball is, is ranked fifth in the RPI's best league. Softball is fourth. I mean, I think there's some great product going on here, and I hope that fans, and I was a great, you know, come out for both and, and find a way to support both fans in all series. I, I think we're... I think we're in good hands at both programs right now and where they're headed. Agreed. Heck of a time for them to head up to Storrs, Connecticut to get snowed out for three games. But anyway, (laughs) um, so, all right, a couple of things I wanted to get, I want to get out there before we uh, wrap up Uh, some quick news to pass along. Taco fall is officially coming back. Uh, He said that uh, on Wednesday, he will not declare for the NFL draft. Yeah, right. NBA draft. Um, Yeah. And uh, quote from Taco, according to the release, I, it left a feeling of unfinished business, he said of last year. This is not the way I want to leave this school. I came here to do something big. I feel like before I leave here, I got to leave my mark. That's what really weighed into my decision to stay. So Taco Fall will be back for one more season, at least, um, with UCF. Um, what else we have here? Oh, uh, you'll appreciate this, Murph. Four former UCF Knights. Um, made their debuts in the 2018 Major League Baseball season um, this week. Drew Butera, uh, once again, uh, uh, catching for the Kansas City Royals, started all three games on opening weekend. Um, two for four at the plate with a double in, uh, on opening day was Drew. His first opening day start of his career. That's it, right. It came in bad, cir- bad circumstances because the starter, Sal Perez, uh, hurt his knee. But uh, for Drew... Now entering his ninth year in the majors, uh, first career start. I mean, I'm sure he had some what pride. What career back. he's carved out for himself in the majors? It's I mean, really, I mean, yeah. if you, it's really amazing. It's quite amazing. And and for we got to get Drew, we got to get Drew on. We got to get him yeah. on in the summer. I had a chance to talk to him ten years ago when he was with the Twins. Uh, he's a great guy. I've always en- I've enjoyed his company. So he's, he's I'm happy for that he's getting the opportunities. I got to put him down there on this, as a summer session. Maybe catch him on an off day or something. But uh, uh, his yeah. teammate uh, at Kansas City, not a UCF teammate, but um, Eric Skoglin uh, was named to the starting rotation also for the Kansas City Royals. But uh, they mm-hmm. got uh, they they got a weather postponement um, against the Chicago White Sox. So he skipped his start. He's going to start uh, sometime a little bit later on um, this week. Ben Lively, however, uh, made his debut on Tuesday. Um, uh, five strikeouts in five and two-thirds innings for Philadelphia. Um, and uh, Dan Winkler, uh, two appearances out of the bullpen for the Atlanta Braves uh, as well. So four nights to catch up on uh, to catch up on there. Um, to keep an eye on your... Uh, By the way. Yeah. By the way, one other UCF baseball note. So the Florida Fire Frogs are a minor league baseball team. I think they're like an affiliate. They're an affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. So they're going to start their second season. They play at Osceola Stadium. They're going to start this weekend playing. You know who their pitching coach is this year in his first year? I should know this. Mike Maroth. Mike Maroth. Mike oh, Maroth. Wow. Former, former UCF great is in town now. He's a pitching coach for the Florida Fire Frogs in the minor league. I, I knew that because I was listening – to uh, Jerry O'Neill, I was listening to him on the finish line. They had the manager on, Luis Salazar, former Major League Baseball uh, player. I think he's the manager for the Fire Frogs. I was listening to them on the way to the softball game, and they talked about Mike Barath, and he's on the staff this year for the first year as a pitching coach for the Fire Frogs. So pretty cool. I mean, Mike Barath's one of the greats. Uh, he had a great Major League Baseball career. Now he's, he's kind of in our neck of the woods, and it's kind of cool. Jason Arnold. Uh, in my opinion, maybe he's arguably the best UCF pitcher of all time. 
Uh, he lives in town. In fact, he was at the Chicago State game recently, sitting by first base. So a lot of the Knights baseball alums, yeah. guys, kind of right around town. And I actually ran into Ryan Meyer, who was at the softball game tonight. He was a former pitcher at UCF. He's married to Maddie Schroeder, who's the former outfielder for softball. And we talked for a length. And uh, he's, he's, he's been out. He was out there for the East U Series. And, and they're all excited for Greg. Greg Lovelady's done one thing I've noticed. He's brought back a lot of these alumni kind of back in the fold yeah. on the baseball side. And, and I, I've gotten a sense of that uh, just talking to various people. Um, so it's been cool to see a lot of those guys on. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Mike Maroth, now pitching coach at the Florida Fire Frogs. Uh, so, you know, you could add that one to the list, Jeffrey, maybe as a kind of we got to get type of deal there with the Fire Frogs. I could see Murph going to some Fire Frogs baseball games once UCF season's done. I mean, it's well, baseball, so of course I would. <laughs> well, well, don't forget also Chad Matola, who played for UCF, was an excellent player at UCF. Um, mm-hmm. He is now a hitting coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, yeah, and, and, you know, yeah. I feel real bad for him right now. He has no hitters to play with. He has I no know, hitters right now. Yeah, Chad's got his work cut out for him this year. But uh, but at least you know if you head down to the Rays, you see Chad out there. You know, don't forget to say hey. Just a couple of quick uh, things I also wanted to uh, let's see pass along here. Um, uh, men's tennis uh, right now at nine and seven, uh, coming off a loss at Oklahoma State after they defeated Princeton six to one. Um, they face uh, they face Tulsa at Tulsa on Friday and Memphis uh, at Memphis on Sunday. Um, before next Sunday, they finish up the regular season against USF. Women's tennis continues to roll 16-2. and two. They've won 10 Woo! matches in a row, uh, and uh, they will face Rice Friday. They actually beat USF on Wednesday 4-1 to one in Tampa. That was the first road match for them in a while. They got Rice coming up next. They've got Tulsa on Friday the 13th. Wichita State Sunday the fifteenth, and then it's American Athletic Conference Championship time. So, Brian Kaneko, women's have not lost a run. match. By the way, they they have not they have not lost a match since Brian Kaneko came on Black and Gold Banneret. That's, that's all right. I'm saying. We're just but we're just making. I just this want to throw that out there. Put so that everyone is aware of what's going on. All right, so let's uh, wrap up real quick here. <laughs> uh, Eric, uh, real, uh, first, what do you have coming up this week? Well, I'm, I'm, I contributed to Brian's uh, story that's coming out. I'm looking forward to this weekend where he talks with Greg Lovelady, writes about him and his uh, going to WrestleMania and his being a fan of wrestling and uh, the backstage and how he ended up going to WrestleMania and stuff like that. So I contributed in that. So I'm looking forward to that, actually. Murph's going to knock it out. Uh, looking forward to that. And I know Coach Lovelady will be hoping to have internet access to watch Mania from the flight back. We'll see how that goes. But outside of that, I've got some writing going on on fastpitchnews.com, and uh, actually, within the next week in fastpitchnews.com, I'm going to do a feature on uh, Angel Shamblin and Allison Kine, 10-year anniversary. Of course, they had the great individual rivalry, so I'm going to do a feature on both of them next. that's going to come out next week, where I ask them both questions, and they interview each other, um, and then I just get ready to broadcast. My next broadcast will be UCF and UNF in Jacksonville next Wednesday, April 11th. Five o'clock game. I'll get to see former Knight Shelby Turnier, the pitching coach there. So I'll be up there, and uh, so that's kind of what's on the horizon. And then in the, between all that, I'll be in a fetal position uh, following the <laughs> UConn series while they get snow. Get your get your jackets out. What about you, Murph? What do you got? 
Well, I don't think we've said it enough, but there's something about Coach Love Lady in WrestleMania that'll be on the site this week. <laughs> and then uh, I, I damn sure still want to get uh, my story on AJ Davis uh, still out there. Um, it's actually still relevant because AJ Davis uh, is still playing basketball uh, re- coming up. Actually, next week is the uh, start of the Portsmouth Invitational, yeah, uh, which he'll be participating in. He was in that three-on-three U tournament too, wasn't he? Just recently, he was in the three-on-three U. So I watched that. It's sort of like half-court street ball, uh, like first to twenty-one wins, and uh, it was—it's fun. It's loose. Uh, no one really cares about defense. I would—I will <laughs> say it. So the the AAC team, the AAC team, which had uh, B.J. Tyson uh, from East Carolina, Shaq Morris, Wichita State. Uh, Connor Frankamp from Wichita State and AJ Davis, they got eliminated in the first round. They didn't make it out How of the first round. How did that team round, get eliminated in the first round? It was weird. Like you had like the MIAC team beating like the a- the ACC team, and you had it was it, look, like it's straight not, talent. That's a talented team. I mean, throw I know put, put me and those four guys out there on the floor. That's a thirty win team. Well, even if even if it's only three on three, still it's a good team. But yeah, I mean, it just you know, sometimes it's sometimes it's bad luck. But uh, I would say that there AJ did put down a highlight dunk that uh, that's been circulated on Twitter. So it was pretty good. I mean, other than that, I don't know what you could take from it. But AJ will continue to play uh, this upcoming week or next week, I should say, at the Portsmouth Invitational. So I do want to have that story out, uh, even though it's getting a little aged. Uh, and then we'll see what else. I'm still going out to football practices for spring ball. I know you're all hyped about that, uh, Jeffrey. So uh, <laughs> we will uh, we'll see what I've got. Yeah, you know how I feel about spring football. Man. You have a bold prediction, Murph. You have a bold prediction for Mania here in honor of Greg. I mean, do you have a bold prediction here? I know Greg uh, thinks Roman. I mean, he, yeah, give me a bold prediction here. Ronda Rousey goes over, right? She wins. Right? Yeah, no, With angle. No, she win. has to go over, right? They definitely put her over. Like they can't. Like wouldn't that be the worst thing ever? Like Triple H, like says, like no, I can't lose to the Ronda Rousey team. Like that would be, that would be awful. Um, Which is probably why that's going to happen. <laughs> that would be brutal. Um, I, I'm interested to see like two things. Like is the Undertaker thing like really not happening? I, I guess it's not, but it is. Like if it is happening. Shouldn't they promote it? Like that'd be a great way to promote your actual crown jewel, p- you know, pay per view. Um, so I don't know what's happening there. And then the you know Elo, the Braun Strowman two on one tag team match. Do you care who his uh, tag team partner is going to be? I kind of do. No, because he's going to win. You do? I, I've heard rumors. It might be Ray Mysterio. Maybe it's Greg. Can we get Coach Lovelady? Like, you know, they finish oh. the game in time. Maybe could he be the mystery be tag him. team partner? Oh. Yeah, he uh, boy, the, the, that would the be a black gets, and gold breaking story. The game gets boy. snowed out on su- the game gets snowed out on Sunday early for no mm-hmm, reason at all, mm-hmm. and then he flies yep. down to New Orleans and then suits up. <laughs> yeah, the only okay. problem is he's very anti part. He's a very anti part time wrestlers guy, so he may not yeah. agree to that. So he's not. Yeah. It's true. He would be going against his own uh, morals. Jeffrey, how much do you enjoy this conversation? I'm just trying to look how how to how how to, I'm trying to figure out how my how I can segue into the conclusion of this conversation, <laughs> this podcast. I don't know how you segue segue. So, just as soon as WrestleMania will be over, we need to bring this podcast to an end. That was a really poor segue. Anyway, 
All right. Let's get out of here. Eric, thanks for calling in, man. Hey, guys. Always a pleasure. A great night to be a night, as they say. Awesome to always talk to you, boys. And Brian Murphy, thank you once again, too, brother. Thank you, Jeffrey. All right. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Don't forget to hit us up at blackandgoldbanneret.com, facebook.com slash blackandgoldbanneret, and UCF underscore banneret on Twitter. I'm at Jeff underscore Sharon. Brian's at Spokes underscore Murphy. Eric's at Eric Lopez Elo. Don't forget to tell your friends. Download this podcast on uh, Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and tune in. Thanks, as always, to the Unger Real Estate team for uh, their sponsorship as well. For Brian Murphy and Eric Lopez, I'm Jeff Sharon saying thanks for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast.